Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. We hope the Ringer can provide you entertainment and companionship during this time. So as always, feel free to check out theringer.com, where we're still covering the latest in sports, pop culture, tech, and media. And the Ringer's YouTube channel can provide endless amounts of entertainment. You can find that at youtube.com slash the ringer. Welcome to the Recapables Westworld, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your host, David Shoemaker. Today we're talking Season 3, Episode 4, The Mother of Exiles. We're doing this before airing, without the benefit of subtitles or Reddit groupthink or a safety net. I'm joined for my laboratory debriefing this week by Ringer Culture Editor Andrew Gretadaro, and as always, all four Danny Heifetzes. Andrew, what's your tweet-length review of The Mother of Exiles? Extreme Oprah voice. You get a Dolores. You get a Dolores. You get a Dolores. You're all getting Doloreses. <laughs> I don't know if I can do better than that, <laughs> but um, I'll try. Here's everything that happened in Westworld Season 3, Episode 4, Mother of Exiles. Analysis. I know who the fuck I am, says the totally normal dude who totally knows who the fuck he is. And who the fuck he's talking to, too. That's a reference to his daughter, Emily, who's an apparition talking shit about whether or not he's in control and why he killed her. And oh yeah, whether or not he's a machine. Finish the game, she says. And she hands him a shard of glass to cut open his arm and see. And Jesus, masochistus interrupt us again. Is this guy ever going to cut open his arm? Probably not. Not now, anyway, because Charlotte, a.k.a. fake Charlotte, a.k.a. maybe someone named Dolores, is here to tell him all about Ciroc's corporate takeover of Delos and how she needs his help to take the company private. At first, William is like, who cares? Sounds like your problem. But Charlotte is like, he's after the data and sector. 16, so William says fine, wins the meeting. You came to me with your claws out. You wanted power. So I gave it to you. Now here you are, sideswiped by a fucking mole. I thought you were smarter than that! That's cute. You want to rant and rave, save it for later. Right now we need to save your fucking company or a leverage buyout and poor hygiene is going to be the least of your problems. Greetings from lovely Victorville, California, where Bernard and Stubbs are hiding out in a motel next to where they launch rockets, I guess? Would it make me a literary hipster here to reference Willie Vlauten? Ah, who cares? Bernard has a plan. He's going to get our boy Liam Dempsey by having Stubbs posed as his driver. Meanwhile, Caleb is trying on suits so he can fit in amongst the rich and powerful, which is to say, pose as Liam's money manager. They find the real money manager and conk him out and steal his blood, which is how things work now. So they go to the secret bank at the Apple store in the Galleria, where they blood scan their way right on end and then blood scan all of Liam's money out of his account. Easy peasy. Also, fake Scottish Martin got Liam's fingerprint signature with some good old-fashioned hooker gelt. I'm not sure why exactly, but here's a great soundbite. You're a lucky little man. I guess to piss away his daddy's fortune on a gaggle of hookers who quite honestly have a greater utility to society than you. Sorak and Maeve are chilling out at a bar in Singapore. Why Singapore, you ask? Because Paris got bombed out of existence when Sorak was just a boy. Sorak says he's been waiting for the host to cross over. But have you ever thought about the danger humanity poses to itself? That's what Rehoboam is all about. Rehoboam, the giant ball that averts nuclear holocaust. Okay, sharks, what do you say? You've had some time to think things through. I hope it's made you more receptive to my offering. Sherry, please. In the largest glass you've got. 
So Ciroc takes Maeve to Arnold's house, where he lets her in on Dolores' plan and shows her the identity broker he has tied up in the back room. Torture me if you want. I won't talk unless you threaten my family. Okay, shit. Just go find the mortician. That's how you'll find Dolores. And then, of course, Ciroc shoots him anyway, in case you were wondering whether we should be secretly rooting for this guy. No. But don't feel too bad, because there's no actual heaven or hell, and religion is just the opium of the masses, you know, etc., etc. But Maeve, Maeve, Maeve can actually get to heaven. It was the central metaphor of the second season, after all. So Dolores hunting, she goes. She beats up some thugs who tell her where to find the mortician, and then she makes the mortician take her to the Yakuza. She beats up all the Yakuza guards by telepathically controlling their guns, and then makes her way to the distillery to find out that the Yakuza boss is none other than Mushashi, a.k.a. Japanese Hector from Shogun World, which, like, what? Oh, and the whiskey barrels are full of host-making goo. Hello, Maeve. Musashi. Liam is with his irritating friends at a club that's basically eyes wide shut the arcade game. Oh, but all the money goes to charity. Liam's card gets declined as the cards of famous zillionaires often do, and then bang, here comes Dolores and Caleb to snatch him, and then here comes Bernard and Stubbs to rescue him, and in time for a robot fight, Dolores and Stubbs start swinging, and Caleb sticks up Bernard in the alleyway to take Liam, only for Scottish Martin to show up and intervene and let Caleb get away with Liam. Meanwhile, Charlotte comes to pick up William, who's still talking to Emily, by the way, and Charlotte tricks him into getting himself committed into an insane asylum. So just to bring everything together here, Bernard realizes who Scottish Martin really is, Maeve realizes who Mushashi really is, and William realizes who Charlotte really is, all three at the same time. They're all Dolores. They're all Dolores. The other pearls. I assumed you brought someone else. You've just made copies of yourself. If you want something done right, do it yourself. Epilogue. Dolores, old school Dolores, in her blue dress, visits William in the lockup, where he finally asks the right question. Am I me? Well, welcome to the end of the game. Do you know where you are? So listen, every week we have a big idea and some big questions, but this week, the theme of the show is pretty straightforward. There are four Doloreses. Well, I, I guess, I guess, first of all, I just want to say, like, this was maybe the first time that I, I was like, wow, Westworld is telling us what's happening, um, in a very direct way. And I, you know, I'm just, I just want to say thank you, uh, to Westworld for that. Um, secondly, I, the second it was revealed, it, it almost felt like, oh, well, of course this is what's going on. And I mm-hmm. immediately felt stupid for being like, oh, maybe Teddy came back. Um, this now just feels, it feels like a foregone conclusion. Yeah. I mean, I have to let you talk, but don't, don't just wait one sec. The last <laughs> time we were, you and I were on here, we were recording we were talking about this and I, I poo pooed this very idea. I, you know, I was, I said, I, I, you know, and I was the first one amongst us to say that that Charlotte Hale was just Dolores number two, but I was just like, there's not going to be a whole army of Dolores because that's like sci-fi one Oh one. Right. I mean, that's just like, it seems too obvious. Now there's a reason why we're probably, why why we're doing a weekly recap, two episodes a week about Westworld. And we never did a podcast about, you know, orphan black. And that's like, I'm not quite sure how far this can take us, but I'm in, I'm intrigued. Heifetz, why don't you break this down for us? Well, my first breakdown is that when you floated last week that you thought Dolores was in Charlotte, I was very supportive. I agreed with you. I was congratulatory. I was very supportive. And then when I floated that all of them were Dolores's, 
uh, you were like, no, nah, that's stupid. So I don't have your back. You know is that what you're saying? <laughs> I feel like this isn't a reciprocal pod relationship. I feel like the Charlotte Dolores thing with this podcast. I feel like I'm not getting, you know, I don't know. You're the little spoon to Shoemaker's big spoon. That's <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> I, I, I feel, you know what? There's, I feel like Shoemaker's more like a fork. <laughs> Just getting pointed. But no, it was, yeah. it was absolutely mind blowing though. I also like the way they did it. They, where they, they kind of danced around it. They kind of circled the drain there where they kept going from Charlotte to, Dolores to uh, Musashi, and they kept going back and back into Connell's. Uh, I like the way they did it. Actually, it was it was really really well done. And it's, and even when like Connell's leaned in, you couldn't understand what he was saying. Like I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's just like this. You mean like when he said gaggles of hookahs? Yeah, <laughs> not even <laughs> the through the gaggles accent. of hookahs. I thought we rewound it, and I really thought he was admitting to being Teddy on the second time <laughs> I listened through. Like it was it's so. But that's like that is a what that's like a very weird. Um, but like very unique Westworld trope where they just like actually have a person say a thing and you don't know what they're saying. Like it, they, make, <laughs> yeah. they make it hard to understand. Right. Um, it reminded me it, of the Great British Baking Show, which is the other show I'm binging in quarantine <laughs> where there's always one character each season that I don't understand anything they're saying. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. was, that was Martin in that scene. I had to watch it three times. So let, let's just break down what happened uh, step by step sort of. So uh, throughout the entire episode, you know, we had, we're, we're kind of jumping back and forth between these different scenes, which is, I think, the fr- it was the first episode this season, right, where we were like fully, where everybody was sort of equally yeah. present in an episode. Yes. Um, so we're jumping back and forth between these, you know, very th- th- these various storylines, all seemingly in the present. Of course, we'll talk more about you know multiple timelines or multiple realities as we go, but um, you know, th- th- this is a pretty, in a lot of ways, it's a very like standard episode of television. And so, or, or a movie. And so I think everybody's initial takeaway was like, this was incredibly well done. This was very streamlined. This was like just a great episode of TV. Part of that was the straightforward simplicity of it. Now, all of that can kind of be um, summed up in the metaphor of like, like multiple different robot on robot, like battle sequences. You know, I mean, that, it was very, there was a, like a very, you know, action thriller sort of aspect of the whole thing start to finish. But so anyway, we're jumping back and forth between these, these multiple scenes. It's all clearly coming to a head. We know this when all the main characters end up at the same masquerade ball, basically, at the end. Um, and then uh, in, one, in, in a bunch of interspersed, intercut scenes, um, Charlotte Hale, Musashi, and Scottish Martin all admit to being Dolores, or all found out as, to be, as being uh, other Doloreses. So it wasn't just one, one Dolores, Dolores make, splitting herself in two or making a baby version of herself. She's put her own conscious into her own consciousness into each of these new hosts that she's created. Did, did I get that part right? Yeah, yeah, that's a, it. And you're right; it was a very traditional reveal where it, you know, I think they used like just basic storytelling for one of the first times in mm-hmm. this show. Yeah, I think I that's do have right. a question did, of how she literally did this, like how she actually pulled it off. Right. So, okay, well, let's get right into it because there's no reason not to. I mean, this is there's no reason to, 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 to walk in circles here. She did take a handful of of, you know, control units off of the off of the island. Is the implication that she brought five, four of herself or that those those other ones have not been used yet? Do we know? I was thinking I was wondering, is it a sort of thing where you can like basically like reformat things? Yes. Okay. That's Just really like, interesting bring them back to uh what's the word like just basic software and then they're blank and you can then 
paste whatever you want. And you to have onto an, that. an empty iPod or uh, your iPad or whatever, and you can right. put all your new apps on it. Um, yeah, that that could definitely be the case. I mean, I guess you wonder. She she's she does so much of this. She says in this episode by memory, right? She recreates people from memory. She recreated herself apparently by memory. Um, they have the technology to produce hosts out in the real world, but I guess is producing producing control units is the barrier for entry. Is that right, Ivitz? Well, here's where I'm confused because when she has the brain balls, she's in Charlotte. She's in Charlotte. She's Charlotte Hale, right? Mm-hmm. And then she gets to Arnold's house, and then she supposedly, I guess, she makes a copy of Dolores's body, right? And season two ends with Dolores, Charlotte, and Bernard in, in that room. So you would have Dolores and Charlotte, and you would think that she put another copy in Dolores. But then we see in this season, Dolores and Dolores's body is debriefing Charlotte as if Charlotte doesn't know what's going on. So there had to be a switch at some point. But like, why would she switch? That doesn't make a ton of sense, right? Like, why would that she be wants a thing? To, we, could it be as simple as she just wants to be herself? <laughs> right. It could be, maybe. But I guess I'm wondering why or how she even did that because it's kind of like taking your batteries out. It's like you would think that you need two to tango if you're going to switch bodies. So it's like, who could she have done that with? Because she, when she brought Bernard back online, they were already her and Charlotte there. So I'm a little confused of how that actually worked out. Well, regardless, we have... Well, no, I, then I had a thought. Okay. What if the original, like, Dolores was in Charlotte's body for so long she kind of went nuts, and she's the one who freaked out in the hotel, and then Dolores iced her, and Dolores did kill her, and then brought... That's why she made a new copy of Charlotte Hale's body, because we see them making a copy of Charlotte Hale's body in the first... Um, mm-hmm. Like, in the episode... In episode three, but why would they need to make another copy? That doesn't make any sense. We don't because they, they already have, have a one. copy. Well, that's so a better thinking, question than why. Then how she switched her her CPU from one to another. I think so. Maybe the original Dolores who did all this is already dead, and these are all just copies of her. I think that this. I think we have one Dolores. I think there was, that the original Dolores is dead is a bridge too far. But I I said that last week. What do you think, Andrew? Danny, I think you sort of like. I'm intrigued by this. Uh, this sort of. The idea of adding another timeline onto this is is making me really really afraid. Um, but <laughs> me too. you know it it does it does sort of make sense um, as a, a sort of related theory. There is like maybe Dolores understands that putting other hosts into different bodies that they weren't meant for like will always go wrong no matter what. So she knew that she herself was a ticking time bomb within Charlotte Hale's body. And that's why she wanted to get out as soon as possible. Yeah, because I I guess because this isn't like some galaxy brain theory. It's more just the result of me trying to figure out how did we go from Charlotte freaking out to being fine? And how did we go? And why did they? I believe they built a second Charlotte. So why did they have? Because there's the Charlotte that was built in Westworld. And then there's the Charlotte that was built in Arna's house. And that just seems so unnecessary unless... They needed two Charlottes, and why would they need two Charlottes? Um. <laughs> well, maybe I don't know. Why? Why would you need two Charlottes? Well, maybe if there's two realities and only humans are split, maybe you oh. need one for each one. Oof. Oh man. Now, now, all right. Now, now we're done. I will. Say, I will say though, as nuts as this is all is, I think that there is a little brilliance to this, in that all these characters being Dolores, I think definitely satisfies the people who are hardcore Westworld fans like it certainly satisfies me I like this but I also weirdly think that for casual fans this actually makes things a lot simpler I think so too there's yeah, less people totally. to keep track of it's kind of a brilliant threading of the needle 
I think so too. I mean, I, judging by the reaction in my living room, this was a very well received uh, twist at the end. Um, there were, I mean, I guess the question going forward, and it did, it did seem from the reveal that there was a little bit of a hive mind thing going on. It wasn't just that there were four different Dolores. Am I am I crazy for interpreting it that way? That they all could kind of interact like at a distance and some somehow. I think that's the I, right question. Yeah, they kept referring to we because on one hand, Dolores is talking to. Uh, Martin with like the radio, and maybe he has to do that for appearances, or maybe it's they necessary. But well, I mean, Charlotte saying, was we were wondering Dolores when you'd come episode back. One. Well, they were saying we we were wondering when you'd come back, Bernard, and it was like, oh, we, geez, is this like the singularity? What the hell is going on here? Yeah, I mean, but they did. Yeah, like I said, they did. They did. I mean, she was trying to call her all of episode one, right? I mean, there there they, there is some formal need for communication, but maybe they're just saying we because they're all the same person. That's the way you would talk. It's the royal we or whatever. Like it's a <laughs> it's, it's the a, ultimate royal we. Um. <laughs> It's a, it's, it's really interesting. So basically we go, we move forward. Let's like the, like the, take the lowest common denominator version of this. We have, we have Queen B Dolores. We have a Dolores in Charlotte Hale, who's presumably Dolores number two. We have a Dolores in Scottish Martin, um, who's Dolores. I guess Dolores, that's Dolores number four. Dolores number three would be. (laughs) You say Dolores, but it sounds like doors, which is, (laughs) which is, they're both right behind door. Um, Dolores number three. So, but Dolores number three, I mean, Dolores number three would be uh, Mushashi, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. okay, let's, let's take us, let's pause there. Heifetz, explain to us what happened, like how Dolores in the body of a character from Shogun World became the leader of the Japanese Yakuza in <laughs> the, mo- in, in, you know, the modern day future of this show. So it all goes back to the book of Genesis with, no, don't even, uh, no, I no. have no idea. No, I think that the practical, I think that. She wanted to take over the Yakuza. I think that the point there is that they she pokes the barrels. I, I don't know if they're doing a winery there or what, but she poked the barrels, and I was expecting wine to come out, and it was the host right. liquid, so I thought the implication there is she wanted a host factory, and I guess the Yakuza is the best way. So I feel like she took Musashi because that's just the most convenient. He's, an, he's, he's the character that could actually be the head of that organization. I have no idea how she did that. I don't think Musashi, as a character, had any plot significance to, like, I think she just needed someone who could be the head of the Yakuza. Yeah, the question about how Musashi became the leader of the Yakuza is uh, unanswerable. Yeah, like, this no, point. like those guys were the, even the basic questions were those guys that she killed and the, the dudes with the, uh, the the Mave killed with the, the guns that were self aiming. Mm-hmm. Are those were those hosts or people? I assume no, they were people, are, but then they I started 100% doing it again. People because Maeve would have yeah. been able to control them and would have been aware of that if she if they had been hosts. That's what I was thinking too. But also they're in a host factory, so I was confused by that as well. I don't think they've started production yet. I mean, oh, so, so, wow, they're hoarding. They're hoarding like hand sanitizer, <laughs> host liquid. So the idea is that somehow, I mean, I'm just going to make this up. But tell me if if an element of this could like is is demonstrably wrong. So Dolores. <laughs> goes to meet the mortician to get a new identity, right? Just to get a bag of blood and a new identity. And then the mortician hooks them up with the Yakuza for more whatever, for whatever the next step is. Dolores is like, oh, yes, this Yakuza thing, Yakuza could be very helpful for to me, but why should I be paying them if I can just own them? And then she creates Mushashi and and puts her own head inside of his body, or a junior Dolores, who then go Mushashi somehow goes in and I don't know, murders the other, the, the previous mob boss and just takes his seat. Is that what yeah, we're Yeah, that's what's that... confusing about it. You'd think that the easier thing would be to just replace the mob boss, not take over the mob Yeah, because they, 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 they created Charlotte Hale in five seconds and there was no robot of her. I mean, there was no host version of her. It's 
I guess it's also possible that they just said that they were the Yakuza. Like they were, she just like got a a small little group of people to watch over this like warehouse. The whole thing is sort of a put on. Yeah. And then they told the mortician like, oh, we're the Yakuza. Yeah. You're, oh, that's, that's better. That makes more sense. But I think we're, I think, this whole conversation is sort of just doing the show's work for them. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, think they don't, wanted us to think about any of that. We, we don't. Right. We, we don't quite know the answer to that. But it is nice to see that like somebody from Shogun World is continue to be employed by the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, shout out Musashi. There were now in retrospect, you know, obviously so obvious in retrospect. Um, but there were a couple of hints I think that were hinting at this. One, just the title sequence is the cells replicating in this, which now is so mm-hmm. obvious. And then I, one, one I realized in retrospect is in episode one, Connell's, uh, the, the, uh, the Irish dude, is, is t- he's about to inject Dolores with the, the needle and because he, he was frustrated that his henchman was messing it up. But he's like, if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. And then the, the Uber car shows up with what we don't know at the time, but is the copy of himself. So the version of himself shows up. So it's like, oh, that's a funny double entendre. He's saying, got to do it yourself. But then a copy of him shows up. But it's actually a triple entendre now because it's also foreshadowing that Dolores has done the whole job herself three times. And that's what she says to Maeve in this episode, where as Musashi, she says it to Maeve in this episode, where if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Um, And then there's also just the basic one of Charlotte shaving. That was when I knew Charlotte shaving William was such an explicit callback to Dolores shaving William in season one. That was Mm -hmm. when I was like 100% sure that Charlotte was Dolores. What is it with William just letting people shave his face? Dude, right? Why does he not have a more modern razor? Well, people today still have those. (laughs) Well, speak. All right. While we're in modernity, uh, why did the Yakuza have katanas? So many. It's 2053. It's just tradition. (laughs) It's pull out a sword they're just swords all over this warehouse one it's cool to fight with <laughs> two right. i mean anything we see today if there's a if, if yakuza pop up in any movie in 2020 they have swords no dude, if there is any if this we at the end of the season it turns out that the whole timeline was a simulation the moment that i think we could point to is that mave just needs a sword and she looks to her right and there are swords because mm-hmm. the alternative yeah. is that the yakuza supposedly just keep swords in the middle of their warehouse it's a matter of tradition it's very important yeah. they're like this is the thing with, that we've always done we yes. can't ditch the swords now um Yikes. so Okay, so let's just break this down, Dolores by Dolores, just to make sure I'm in the we're all in the right place. And 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 why don't we do this? Why don't we try to figure out if there's a time we should have known better? We'll start with the first the first non Dolores as outside of Charlotte was Scottish Martin, the first one that we saw. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, ourselves and myself included, I guess, said in assumed that that was Teddy because of the tenderness with which uh, the new Scottish Martin treated Dolores when she was injured. Um, I guess you could see that you could say you can read now that that is, well, a little bit of um, (laughs) self-care, but also I think it's more of a, you know, mother child relationship. Um, Should it have been obvious that I mean, obviously they were they were trying to leave as an open question, but um, that was the first time that we really I mean, the first thing, the first hint that we were given. Right. Yeah, I think we were just uh, we weren't dreaming big enough at that time. To be like, oh well, that it must be two Dolores. Is that we- well? Yeah, and now and now the fact that Daddy was—I mean, Daddy—that uh, <laughs> no pun intended—that Teddy was <laughs> in the Daddy. Valley Beyond. It, I mean, it's all—it seems so obvious now, right? It's like, well, of course, that's the answer. 
But what we've been looking at this whole season is whoever is inside, whoever these these surprise people are, the reveal has to be significant enough though to to earn, you know, to be earned, to feel earned, and uh, you know, that's why we're like grasping at straws, going for the teddies of the world. It turns out. Well, we weren't, you're right. We weren't thinking big enough. All right. So number, so we have Charlotte Hale, who has been Dolores in some form or fashion for a long time. Then she replaced Scottish Martin. And then uh, we just talked about Musashi. I don't really know that there's any, if there's much more we can talk about there. So let's do this. As the episode ends, um, they have Bernard back under control. Uh, they have, or, or in their possession, they have uh, um, Liam. Um, they being all the, the various Doloreses. They have all of Liam's money, which they managed to steal. We'll talk more <laughs> about that in a little bit. But they managed to just walk into a secret rich people bank and take all of his money. I have so many thoughts um, on that. We have to and get then, to that at some point. Uh, and, and so we and, and we, it has been revealed. I mean, they've oh, and they put and William, who the show opened with the, the man in black, has been now uh, committed to an insane asylum by Dolores slash Charlotte Hale. And who and, and she now has his, his piece of the control of Delos. Um, so where do we spin this forward? What, what, if you had to guess what's going to happen in episode five, I mean, where, where is this, where is this thing headed? Or have we reached a sort of mini climax or is this just, you know, a blip? So I, I think, you know, very generally we've basically assembled the troops and we're now going to go to war with Ciroc by we, I, I mean, all the Doloreses. Yeah, I, I I definitely think that's clearly the case. That Ciroc, it's going to be Ciroc versus Dolores. Um, I think we're going to get more into how Rehoboam will be used as a weapon. But I think the broad outline we saw in this is that Dolores made a, or Char Loris, however you want to call Dolores. We're going to have to come up with a better name for the Connell Dolores, Connell Loris or something. But Char Loris made a point of telling William, um, you know, I told you I would let you destroy yourself one day. It's so nice to watch it happen, basically. And um I think that William, the whole show, has kind of been an avatar for humankind, right? He's been the avatar for human sin. I think Dolores telling him, I'm going to let you destroy yourself is probably symbolic of her plan for like the larger season. It's probably less like I'm going to hunt down and murder every human being as much as I'm going to take the safety off. I'm going to take the, the bumpers off this bowling lane. I'm going to let you all destroy each other. I think that that's, the, that's what I took away from that section. And then also just her as a leader. Like looking back, rewatching this, and Martin tells Liam, like Martin, which is Dolores Martin, tells Liam the key to a happy life is to accept your place in it. That's a wild thing to say, considering now she's taking the place of everyone, where she's saying, like, I'm the only one who can do this. No one else can do this revolution. I'm gonna mm-hmm. do it. So I, I think that's that's the power trippiness on her side is definitely gonna I mean, literally grow exponentially. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there's one. I mean, who knows what what in the big picture, what lies ahead? It did feel like a lot of there were a lot of pieces. I mean, part of this, this is why this is such a brilliantly constructed episode. A lot of this, we we could have seen the last of William. We'll talk more about that. But like, you know, a lot of the questions that we had, not just in the season, but in the entire show, I mean, they, they kind of put a bow on those if they wanted to. So I take I think what you're both saying very well could be right. I mean, the stage is now set for this to be. The four Doloreses, as our um, as our producer Bobby called it, the four Doloreses of the apocalypse, um, <laughs> and then That's so good this sort of this sort of uh, you know Sirak and Maeve, who was stabbed at the end of the episode. I don't think anybody thinks she's gone, but um, uh, Sirak and Maeve on one side, and then Bernard and Stubbs sort of you know 
in the middle, but one would assume that they would eventually be an opposition party too. I mean, or join up with the opposition too. Who knows? Um, and then you know, humanity and the balance. Um, oh, and I forgot Caleb. Caleb's over there with uh, with Dolores. Is that it? Is that the, is that? Do, do I have the chessboard right? Is it is it four Dolores's, one Caleb versus uh, Maeve, Sirac, Caleb? I mean, Bernard and Stubbs. I would simplify all of this by this is a Western show, and I think we when Sirac tells Maeve, he's like, "There's an afterlife for you," and Maeve says, "We're going to share this world." He says, "No, no, a different world," and he says to her, "There is no way we can our kinds can share this world." And at a core, it's a Western. This town ain't big enough for the two of us. I think that's the season for the rest of it. it, it it's there's simulation theory and and asexual reproduction and consciousness and all that just but it's window dressing for this town ain't big enough for the two of us hosts versus humans. I mean, it's it, it, it is sort of convenient though they have two worlds to to split up, right? Yeah, but like if, never happy if, if, with if, if indeed if indeed the more. mirror world is a viable reality of some sort to say like this world isn't big enough for the both of us when you're talking about a world with a mirror world sounds sort of is sort of a significant you know back piece of background right yeah but I, I mean I think Dolores disagrees but yeah and I think Sirac actually disagrees too because his whole thing is based on uh, prediction and being able to predict human behavior and I don't think. He, his system has that power uh, with hosts. So you just kind of like get them, get them out of here. Yeah. It would be nice if the season just ended with, wow, the hosts are going to live in the digital utopia and the humans are going to live in the world and we'll all get along happily and sing Kumbaya. Maybe that's how it will all end. Right. Yeah. I guess. And also when Maeve was like, Oh, do I get to be live in your world? So was like, no, haha, don't even think about it. Right. You get to go, you get to go to the Valley beyond, <laughs> which again, what was that? Does the, does a key to the Valley beyond really exist in Dolores's head or, or are we just like, is that is is Dolores's brain like an actual MacGuffin, or is is Sirac and all and just continuously using it at like is it his own MacGuffin? Like is is he is what he says about the key in Dolores's head, whatever, just not true? But he's like using that to string Maeve along. I tend to think that. Oh no, I think the key is it's just not literal. It's just Dolores knows what she did with it. It's just they don't know where Dolores put all the people, all the hosts. They don't know what she did with it. So, like, if they go through her mind... Wait, wait is a complete they... repository of all the information and the Valley Beyond the same thing? No, I don't think she knows... Well, there's the human data and the host data, but she knows... I don't... In terms of the Valley Beyond, like, the key to the Valley Beyond, I think it's just in a location somewhere on the cloud, and no one knows where that is. It's buried in an ocean she's of... She's got internet. the password. And, she, yeah, she's got... Yeah, she, in her mind, she knows where okay. the... Okay, that's fine. So okay, no, okay, given. That part makes total sense to me. Let's say that that's true. Stipulate that. But the other half of it is what they what what Charlotte and Sirac talked about in in last episode, in episode 3, which is that they didn't get Peter Abernathy's whatever hard drive, but it's okay because all that information exists in Dolores somehow. Are they not talking about the same thing? Is this a separate uh, a separate trove of information? Yeah, that part I'm not clear on. It's they've been so ambiguous about that stuff, and I mean, again, but the, okay, the ambiguous, yes. Ugh. But in this episode, we got like the least ambiguous uh, ex uh, explanation of Sirach's motivations possible. First of all, first, first of all, let me just say this: it does seem like Sirach's a real person. So, and this is, and what we've seen is a digital representation of himself. So, like, we can throw some of this theorizing out the window. He did. did I think he pretty clearly said that he was the, that he helped invent Rehoboam. Um, but who knows? I mean, I guess anything could happen. And then, but but he did say that the point was he spent all this time trying to basically map the human mind, only to find out that you know Disneyland had already done it and better. 
So that's why he wants all this info from Westworld, from Delos, right? Right. Yeah, because his system functions on information and Delos has better information. Um, I, I think the simplest explanation right now is that Dolores, it's two things, that Dolores has, has all of that data in her and that if, Sirac, if what Sirac says is true, that she also has a key to the Valley Beyond. I don't know if he's being truthful when he says that part, though. Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I just wanted to make sure you were listening to podcasts on Spotify. Here's how you do it. First, search for your favorite podcast on Spotify's app. They have a library of over 750,000 pods at this point. So let's say you're searching for the Rewatchables or the Dave Chang Show or the Ringer NBA Show. Once you find them, click on the follow button. That's how you subscribe. Then click on those letters near the top of the app that say podcasts. All the pods you're following will pop up separated by episodes, downloads, and shows. Wait, it gets better. In Spotify, you can adjust the speed of the pods to seven different speeds. 0.5 times is the slowest. I actually sound drunk at 0.5. You can do 0.8 times, 1.2 times, which is my favorite. Everyone sounds like they just had a good cup of coffee. And then there's 1.5 times, two times. And if you're completely insane, three times. Anyway, Spotify's app connects directly to many of the best automobiles in the world. It even has a CarPlay feature that's pretty cool. Best of all, it's free. Download Spotify on any device and you're good to go. Should you be embarrassed that you're not listening to podcasts on Spotify? Well, I don't want to app shame you. But the answer, unfortunately, is yes. Make the move. Listen to podcasts on Spotify. Back to yours. So we have multiple Doloreses. We also have multiple buttons that can turn off hosts. <laughs> Don't know how these are built. Like, if in 2020, what year does this take place, Heifetz? Uh, 2053. If in 2020, no one can figure out how to have, can figure out the button that turns off cars during high-speed chases, which seems like it should be a pretty attainable thing. How do we have host turnoff buttons in just a mere 35 years? Dude, we still have like, there are plenty of people who still have like four remotes to try to turn on their TV and they can't figure out which is which. (laughs) That is what I need from this show. Like I need Ciroc to pull out a remote and he's like, ah, shit, there's like four of these things and he can't get the right one. And one does the sound and one does the power. And it's like, that's what I, that's what I'm craving from this show. I mean, I guess, huh. Okay, here's, here's my thought process. Even if that button existed, why would that work in the mirror world? Because if you exist in violation of the, the norms of mirror world, why would a button be able to turn you off? Unless those buttons only exist in the mirror world. And that's because Rehoboam has such power over its own simulation that they, that Rehoboam can turn anything off with the, with the push of a button. Does that make sense? Am um, I going too no. far? I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, no, I, I, I don't. I'm not <laughs> I don't understand why the button wouldn't work in both worlds. Maybe I'm just under underthinking it instead of overthinking it. Because the mirror world isn't a real world, right? So if you're like, if you're a virus, then why would a like a like a literally mechanical operation that turns like that that would turn you off in the real world? Like, like the, there's no reason why in in a in a simulation. Like the plug going into the wall doesn't actually provide literal electricity for a lamp, but it still turns the lamp on. And unplugging in a simulation would still turn the lamp off, 
Right. But if the lamp has consciousness and the lamp is like, I don't adhere to your rules, then the lamp doesn't need anything to be turned on. I don't Do know. You- okay, we'll, we'll get back to this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to some more concrete. There's more so many hills questions. to die on in this show, and this is a weird one. This is the hill that I choose to die on. I'm going to say that every episode from <laughs> now on. you right now. This is the hill that I choose. Okay, uh, let's, let's go into some more big questions. Um, let's talk about William. The show opens with William. Uh, he's tearing his, his house apart, very reminiscent of James Delos or the robot he's been social James distancing Delos. for way too long. He's losing. <laughs> exactly. We all got to watch out. So, so, uh, so William is in his house going nuts, breaking shit, talking to his daughter who he killed in Westworld last year because he thought she was a host and he admits to that. He's at a weird sort of intermediate state where he is insisting upon his sanity and is frankly... Well, he comes across as being, well, he's right about his his state of being, but he's still talking to an imaginary person, and she eventually convinces him to, like, cut his own arm open, which we, like, like he did last season, to prove his own humanity, only for him to be interrupted by Charlotte, a.k.a. Dolores, right? Yeah, and it's also not just, like, anything he's trying, that he's trying to cut himself with. It's literally his ID card, so it's like he's cutting himself with, like, his digital profile. It's, oh, I a, thought it was a piece of mirror. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not Danny. a piece. Oh, was it a piece of mirror? I think it was his actual <laughs> profile card. Oh, well, I guess we'll have to go back for the rewatch and check that out. The so uh, William starts off the episode like that. Uh, uh, Charlotte Hill comes in, convinces him that you know she needs his help to kind of take Delos private, uh, which is all true or you know true based on the information that we have from previous episodes. But then instead of leading him into the board meeting and let him actually letting her him help her take the company private and regain and retake control, she sort of tricks him into going crazy in front of two, uh, you know, employees of a mental institution, thereby committing him again in a very sort of a B action movie sort of way. Um, and he ends the episode in solitary and in a mental ward. We'll get to this, that, that the last scene in just a sec, but, um, what, what was the point of this? Was it just a narrative device? Was it, or was it just so we could have the scene with them on the steps and him going crazy? Um, or, is is this actually like a is this does this, does this work for Dolores in a practical way? I got to be honest, I don't know. Uh, I'm not really sure what his purpose is here, uh, and just just on a practical level, that we've uh, in trailers and stuff, we've seen more scenes with William. So, right. like he's he's not done yet, but I I definitely don't understand what his purpose is for the future here. So. At the risk of absolutely burning myself as soon as a week from now, I think that it was actually kind of clear what his arc is going to be. Okay. Because the episode of this title is Mother of Exiles, which is the name of Statue of Liberty nickname. So it's, uh-huh. I think freedom was clearly a theme of this one. And I think for him, it's freedom because he starts out physically free, but mentally imprisoned, so to speak. And then he kind of ends the episode physically imprisoned but i think the point of the end there was welcome to the end of the game welcome to the center of the maze he asked the question am i me and she's like welcome to the end of the game he's he's physically imprisoned but now he's mentally free because he asked the question quote unquote so i think that him torturing himself wrestling with himself now it's you're going to see the new version of him where he's kind of been dodging who he really is now we can if you want to get into that we can get into that but I think that that's where we're going. And I think that he has a big reveal left this season. I'm very confident that there's more to learn about William. Huh. That's really interesting. Well, I guess practically, I mean, 
we, we, there's no reason to get too far in the weeds about what I, what I was asking before. Uh, it's not weeds. You guys think he's a human or a host? Straight up. Um, that's a great question. I think there's a lot of evidence that we saw that, that, that would place him as a host. Gun to my head. Uh, shard of glass to my arm. If I have to, if I have to make a bet right now, I'm I'm gonna say he's a host reproduction of himself. Yeah, I, I think I think based on an overwhelming amount of imagery from this episode in season two, I think he was a real guy who really did all the Dello stuff. His wife killed herself in the bathtub, but she did it with pills. And then I think he was so distraught about it that he got in the same bathtub and killed himself by slitting his wrists. And that's why he looks up in this episode, sees the blood pouring down from the tub. And it's like, what's, why would he see that? And, you know, he's kind of losing it. We've seen a lot of imagery of him and the blood. And there's that flashbacks he had in season two of him running up the stairs. But he get, eventually gets there. There's no blood in the tub. So I think there were two suicides in the tub. One was his wife. One was him. And that's why in this episode, Charlotte's shaving him. And he's like, why are you shaving in your living room? And he's like, I, what about the bathroom? And he says, I don't go in there. And that's a theme for or not a, theme, a metaphor for the whole point, which is he can't look his reality in the face, which is he's dead. That's the point of I am I me? Why is he so weird? Right? Why is this a weird guy? It's because he has to remember that he died. He can't be who he is until he remembers that this happened. He's been dancing around it for a while. Like there's this part of season two where he tells one of the Confederados, like, I'm death. And he says it kind of to be cool, but he but there's also flashbacks intermixed of this whole sequence with the bathtub thing. So after seeing all that imagery and him looking up and the blood dropping on him, I'm I'm quite confident about that. Wouldn't, wow. that, wouldn't that also explain why uh like that he was able to remain stable but james delos's recreation was not because he realized that he was dead like immediately right off the bat of those trials in season two yeah i, th- I think that the grand point of what's the difference between him and delos i think the whole point is you have to figure it out for yourself i straight up i straight up think that's where this is going is the why like james james delos that 149 points and it always unraveled and the reason it never worked is because they told him and it only works if you figure it out on your own. Because if you're told it, you shatter. But if you figure it out yourself, you can survive breaking through that plane, which is what we see in the title sequence, right? Of the reaching for your reflection and you break through the surface. Yeah, you can only okay. break through the surface yourself. And then in the very last scene where he's talking to Dolores within the mental institution, she says, uh, you know, you've made, you've welcome to the center of the maze. What? So Precisely. is that, so is that, I mean, I, I guess there's no reason to, Sorry, is my is my baby coming there in the audio? Oh, I guess you wouldn't really know. Oh yes, that's fine. Let's leave it in. All right, cool. It's not a big deal. Um, Fatherhood baby, is beautiful. Is. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I mean, you you went into a lot of that already, Heifetz. But like, is the idea? I, mean, I guess that makes sense. Well, I guess you could read that either way because he's been he he was we thought he was a human looking for the maze, but I guess in some ways he's he he's. Even though he, if he was a robot the whole, if he was a host the whole time from the beginning of the show, help me, help me out with this, guys. If he was a host the whole time in the beginning of the show, even though he's a real human put inside a host body, he's still somehow not less a, a lesser host because he's in search of his identity. Is that is or in search of reality? Is that right? Like, why would he? Why would the maze not be for him if he was a host from the beginning? My interpretation is because he was a fairly faithful recreation of him as a human. Like, I think he was still, he's still the avatar for humankind. I think that's kind of the paradox here. It's that he was a human, but he's slowly beginning to doubt his reality. But he wasn't really in season one. I think that's the key point. He didn't really have any doubts about his, his reality. I mean, he was, he liked Westworld more than the real world, but he didn't like wonder if like, am I, am I, am I a host until season two? 
And why does he have a glove on? This goes in the stupid question category. What's with the glove? <laughs> I oh, the horse shot too. him in the hand. Okay. <laughs> this is just in the, there's just a bunch of things that all belong in the bucket of this happened in season two, but no one remembers because it was two <laughs> years ago. Uh, Dolores shot him in the hand. So he gets shot in the hand, but he's just walking around with it. Like in the future, we just have like Michael Jackson gloves that heal us. Yeah. No, I think there's like, what is it? There's Star Wars vibes there. Isn't that like kind of a, a, a trope in these kinds of things of like rebirth? You, you lose your hand and you're like, oh, That's shit, true. I got to learn from that one. And now I'm a new glove. guy. It's like Luke comes back as a Jedi without a hand and he's not really fun anymore. I mean, he was always annoying, but he's just like even less fun without the hand. But he learned something. And I think that's where they're going with the glove thing. So uh, here's another. So more big questions. Um, if Dolores only brought back copies of herself and who knows if that's true, then why did she bring back Bernard? What do we think? I mean, I still think that part of it is, well, she could be inside of Bernard for all we know. But I guess that that's that's not uh, we're assuming that's not nah, the nah, case. Nah, nah. Nah, nah, nah. But I think she I think she brought back Bernard to help create other versions of herself. I mean, you asked who like switch the brains between you know charlotte and her like bernard's the only person that could do that right i don't know if it's like for her own fidelity she sort of needs him Mm -hmm. um i think that's exactly it and then i I do think that there's some deeper like he's unbeknownst to himself currently he's playing a role in in this uh in this whole plot but i I don't know what that is i think andrew nailed it she had there's a practical purpose of he has to get pinned for those murders which is the like a practical reason and then there's the higher reason that Andrew I think he just nailed which is he's the last person who remembers her so even if all the copies of Dolores die she can live on through Bernard he has to be there okay. and it also goes back to like the pilot when again the first thing a host really says of consequence in the show is when Ford debriefs her dad and says what's your itinerary he says to meet my maker Bernard made her beautiful beautiful great work guys okay next question <laughs> are Maeve Stubbs Bernard and presumably William, the only hosts that are actually, are, that are actually themselves. Like, are they? Or is that? Well, let's throw William out. Maeve Stubbs and Bernard are those our last remaining like hosts from that that are. I guess I was going to say from Westworld. No, that are themselves. Yeah, as, I mean, as far as as far as we know, um, I mean, they could they could introduce anybody at any point, or or anybody, or they could introduce a host. I mean, there's hosts all over Westworld still who could come out, even even if they're new characters. Um, but as far as we know, those are the main three. And do we think any of them could potentially be Dolores? I just I just posited that Bernard could be and got shot down. I think I think you guys are right. Uh, is there any chance that Stubbs or Maeve has any Dolores in them? No, right? Yeah, no. I I think Ciroc, uh in that scene says to Maeve like, "You weren't chosen." I th- I think, right, the I think tell- that's true. The tell for who's a host, the simplest one, is who's being allowed to act. Like, Stubbs, like, I forget which Hemsworth brother he is. He's not Chris, but That's Luke. he's he was never allowed to act in season one. He was literally a robotic character, which makes sense in retrospect. Now uh-huh. he's, like, kind of a good actor in this this season. I think that alone is, like, he's a lock to not to be himself because he's Why? actually kind of a good character now. Um. Let's just go. Speaking of which, why were he and Bernard hanging out in like a motel <laughs> eating canned food? Like, oh, you, I love that. No, it was a great <laughs> scene. But like, why? How, how are you living off the grid when they're clearly not off the grid? Like they, they must know that Rehoboam exists, right? Or are they not? I don't know, man. You had a motel that looked like that motel took cash. <laughs> I'm just saying exists. Rehoboam knew they were there. Like the whole the scene started with a, you know, divergence right. warning or whatever. But like, like maybe they don't know that. Just like Maeve didn't know about World War Three or whatever. Like maybe that's a thing that they don't know. But it is funny that they're living like like, you know, 
like they're trying to stay off the grid in an action movie from 1988. I thought it was funny that Stubbs was wearing the Hollywood tour shirt, but it was a drone shirt. And then also they're drinking beer. And all I could think during the scene was, do they get drunk? I thought, like, what happens when they drink? That's a good question, too. I, 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 I'm going to take it really seriously. One would think that if they were able to get drunk, it doesn't really have to be beer. Like they could just like program themselves to get drunk off water, right? Yeah, but I guess there's no fun in that. It's the journey, not the destination, right? Oh, my God, that's so true. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about that war that I just mentioned. We saw a teaser for this last week, but basically what happened, I mean, Ciroc told Maeve was like, you could have taken me to Paris, and Ciroc was like, well, I wish I could have taken you to Paris, but like, I, real human, Ciroc, uh, was a child in in, uh, the French countryside and saw a uh, mushroom cloud over Paris when I was a young boy with my brother, and there were weird men in hazmat suits who were waving me away. Tough Um, beat for Paris. What do you, is there anything else we can take from this? And, and I guess more importantly, um, or not more importantly, but, but at the same time, why are we finding out about that now? Is that just to kind of solidify Ciroc's human bona fides? Or like, is there, a, is there, some, is there some way that that parallels the rest of the episode? Chernobyl um, crossover? Yeah. <laughs> Sequel to Chernobyl, Chernobyl 2. I, I think it does serve that function of being like, well, I mean, again, you can you can turn yourself around as much as you want with this show, but I do think it it serves a, a purpose of being like this guy has real life experience. He's not just an AI projection. Um, I think it's also meant to signal to us to continue to question like every setting we're in, um, just. Because I I don't I'm not convinced that like Los Angeles exists as we're seeing it. For example, I think that's a really good call. Um, should I, is it because there's no traffic? Yeah. Am I? Am <laughs> yeah, I? One reason. Am I wrong in feeling a, or at least sensing a parallel between those hazmat dudes who were waving at Ciroc and his brother to come to them, and like all the hazmat dudes from Westworld in season one? Oh, I didn't think about that. It's a good. It's a good point. I think. Yeah. I'm so, with you there. I mean, Maybe they, I was maybe just thinking, the why the hell was... is there a dead deer next to him? That's such a weird thing to put in such an... First of all, the whole scene was like five seconds. So everything in there is like kind of important. And it's like, there's just a dead deer. And I was like, why is there a dead deer? And then I realized there's also deers all across the ceiling of that restaurant they're in. It's just deers. And I was like, what is the point of these deers? And all I could think is, well, the only real reference to deers in the show that I could think of is Ford telling Bernard... The only animals left in the world are the ones that lie at our feet or run at the sound of our approach. And deers are obviously the ones who run. And I was like, all right, maybe there's some weird metaphor here of like the only people who survive are going to be the ones who run from the hosts or vice versa. Um, But there's so many deers. What's with the deer? Yeah. Uh, cool little lips down to the cool water off the record about how episode one in in, uh, Arnold's house it was just like nonstop horses everywhere and there were some more horses after that too there's a lot of four legged uh, fast moving creatures that are represented in this show I guess we'll figure I guess although season one and season two were full of that wolf was everywhere or that that whatever (laughs) and and that never that wasn't like like explicitly explained so anyway I uh I have a, a nitpicky point about this flashback. Okay, go. Um, how old? How old are we saying Ciroc is? Ooh. All right, this is really interesting. Ooh. So I would say he's about. I would say fifty nine. And how old are we saying he is as a child? Like twelve, right? Yeah, twelve, thirteen. So, and this this show takes place in twenty fifty three. 
So they're yeah, saying this nuclear this nuclear war happened in like 2010. If like just I'm not doing that math exactly, but I mean, have the date for that explosion because it's on Rehoboam. I don't remember if it was a trailer or whatever, but it were one of the sequences. But it's like thermonuclear incident in Paris. I think it's like 2029 or something. But we have the date. Oh, I don't really? Know. Yeah, I don't know if so this it doesn't is, make any sense for him to be alive. I don't know if it's a thing, if it's like an actual thing, or if it's just like they they just didn't do math well there enough. Is a, I don't know if you guys want to get into this at all, but there is a lot of like what happened in the past, like you know the year that uh, they're putting a lot of like push pins at moments in the past. That date, as Heifetz says, I assume that he's right that we know that clearly. We're like they're expecting us to sort of count backwards when he tells the story, right? There's a story. There's all the talks about. I mean, the 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 calendar uh, bullet points about like when um, Ciroc started buying pieces of Delos, right? Or like when and, and prior to that, when the park opened. Like we were always tracing this timeline backwards. Um, certainly, there's a lot of. I mean, all this feels like it's going somewhere, right? That there's going to be some magical day. I mean, we we can talk about Ciroc, probably probably wait for a future episode, but he he started buying this company so long ago that it, like, basically when he invented Rehoboam, right? I mean, that's what we figured out. So I don't know if this was, like, a low-key, like, safety, like, backup plan investment that he only put into action now that, like, Charlotte's plan failed. Um, But anyway, the whole point of this is to say, I think we will be counting backwards a lot going forward. There's one other big thing from the show I want to talk about, which is Charlotte's devious plan to relieve Liam of all of his money. Um, first you of mean all, Dolores or Charlotte? I'm uh, sorry, Dolores's plan to relieve Liam of all of oh, his money. Yes, let's. First of all, the <laughs> mechanics of this plan were ridiculous, <laughs> ludicrous. <laughs> what happened? Does someone explain this to me? So what happened is they apparently found Liam's investment banker, who apparently has access to his bank accounts, knocked they him must out, have tracked took him his down. blood, and then put it in Caleb, and then I guess blood is the identifier to ensure that you are who you are, because I don't know why that's a good idea. And then they just went it. There are so many problems with this, starting with this. Isn't it easier to rob a bank this way? Like, they got all this technology... But you're telling me that, like, if that dude had just donated his blood, you know, in a blood drive, they could have just taken it and then gone to the bank and walked in and stolen, like, $100 billion? That doesn't make a ton of sense. It would have, like, dramatically simplified the story, the storyline of pain and gain, right? Like, even the... (laughs) Just take blood and then we're good. Even the idiot criminals in pain and gain could have figured out how to draw blood and shoot it into one of them. That's the th- that, so I was all at one I, when I realized what the plan was. I was like, this seems so much easier than every other form of like stealing that before it. This is terrible security. And then two, you're talking about Liam is one of the richest dudes in the world. We saw on a screenshot he's worth three hundred billion dollars. Uh-huh. And then so he gets a private airing in this bank. He's not even there, but Caleb, the, his representative does, and they don't even give him a corner office. They don't even give him a, It's like they're sitting at tables. It looks like a, a futuristic college library. Yeah, they're just I, sitting yeah, at it was tables. Like a, it was the the Apple Store at Grand Central. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. I was like, this is where they're doing a hundred billion dollar transaction. You can't even make it look like you're getting treated like a VIP. I know. Well, I know. It's you look like you just walked in. You most- an appointment. It's a bank that's reserved for the most richest, the richest and most powerful people in the universe. And somehow there's like 15 of them are there at the same time this also, morning. Also, you need to make it feel special. That's half the service you're providing. You've got to make it feel exclusive. No, it would have been way better if you walked in. It was just one giant white room with like one kiosk, you know, and you just sit down. I'm not sure why. Everything about this was odd. 
in a world in a world where like Scottish Martin can hop on his iPad and pull up Caleb's face in five seconds, like why would there not also be a face attached to every yeah. profile? I, no my- two factor identification here. <laughs> Exactly. Absolutely mind-blowing. Like, oh, do you have your phone on you? You're like, shit, we forgot it on the guy we knocked out. Also, I mean, the cra- what happens when he wakes up? Did they kill him? He just walks in. He's like, oh, that wasn't me. Well, the crazy thing is that it's, yeah, I mean, all of this would have been pretty simple to solve in storyline terms, too. I mean, I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure. I guess I guess, in some sense, it's okay to hand wave it because that's what they did, and, and they could have made it work. But, so they steal all this money. They, they walk into the bank, walk out uh, $300 billion richer, they w- uh, tell why why did they do this why why take all of his money i feel like it was for the money and then also he, clearly they have other plans for him i don't know if it was also all of his money i imagine it was a lot of his money it but, had to be part it had to be part of like a psychological offensive too though right because presumably whatever they could do with 300 billion dollars they could have done with 150 million first of all i hope dollars. it's not in a debit account like i hope it doesn't have 300 billion just in his checking <laughs> i feel like it's diversified i hope <laughs> Um, so, cause, but that, that was my other thought is when his card gets declined, he's like, oh shit, I have no way to use my money. I'm like, what do you mean? You have one account? Yeah. You I mean, that, that's a classic, dollars. like technology is supposed to make things easier, but it actually makes things worse. Um, <laughs> actually, yeah, maybe it's believable actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, actually the, un, the most unbelievable part of that moment was that every employee of that bizarro sex grotto didn't realize that like one of the most powerful men in the world was there. And we're just like, they should have just been attending to his every whim and giving him well, that's free the drinks. The other thing, the clown, this, I mean, the guy who's holding the iPad is literally a clown. Like he's dressed as a clown. And all I can think is, Oh, so this guy, his cards declined. So you're not going to let him spend anything is ludicrous. Yeah. That's a good point. Terrible Again, business. but this was a very streamlined <laughs> episode of the show. In a lot of ways, the best episode, so the best standalone episode, not in terms of reveals, but just in terms of like tension start to finish that I can I can imagine. Yeah. And I think in some sense, I mean, to some degree, we kind of have to give them these these sort of quibbles, right? And we have to just be like, like, who cares? Because it was it, the, the end result was so fulfilling in a lot of ways. So anyway, they go and they take his money. They end up with all of his money. I guess the point I'm trying to make is that whatever they could do with $300 billion, presumably they could do with half of that and probably raise fewer eyebrows. But the point is they want to make Liam broke and they want to, and they need Liam at some point. So, I mean, they, they're, they're kidnapping him at the end, right? Yeah. So, she walks like the hello lover. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, maybe they're going to kill him and replace him with a host or maybe they're going to, or, or, you know, who knows, who knows, but it does seem like they need more information on Ciroc and he might be the one to give it. Uh, is there anything else about that transaction or th- that we need to deal that we need to talk about, or do, can we just go right into the, like, the the crazy sex grotto ballroom scene where they're um, all in some weird eyes wide shut world and end up in a like karate showdown? I, is there a is there anything from that scene that we need to know other than everybody comes you know ends up in the same place or, or half of the people end up in the same place and now we know that there's four Doloreses? I think we should talk about Liam's friend being the funniest character on the show, Rez yeah. from A Star Is Born classic love that he's, guy he he's really good i'm glad that he's coming back i mean i'm Dude. glad that we've i'm glad that he's just going to be the sort of like statler and waldorf of this season yes. i mean i guess he doesn't understand anything but he and his girlfriend are just sort of always there like like weirdly present in the background um my biggest criticism of the show is it never makes me laugh but this episode when he said she died of an overdose who the fuck even does that anymore i was howling it's a good line it's a great line um all right. Is there anything else that we need to get to in the in the in the questions category? Stupid or 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 not stupid? Um, anything else you guys want to talk about before? I think we just we can just roll on straight through to uh to our awards. Yeah, I think let's just get some awards. 
Oh, do you want to talk about Mirror Worlds at all, Heifetz? Or do you want to save that? Just put a pin oh. in that for and talk about that on Tuesday. I'll let, if Andrew wants to talk about Mirror World, I'll, I'll let Andrew handle it. I mean, the, the most... I, I don't have, like, a, a, a strong thing here, but I, I just think, like, it's important to note that some of some of the things we're watching are happening in a mirror world, as, as far as I'm concerned. Some things are happening in a real world. Um, and I think, like, this, the way that the show is being edited, the fact that a lot of scenes... There are some scenes that have hard cuts to black and then we move to the next scene. And then there's some yes. scenes that don't have those cuts. Ooh, yes. And I think that's like being it. I don't know which one is which at this point. I really don't. But I do think that when those black cuts happen, we're switching from one world to the next. I agree. And I think that one of the reasons this was such a coherent episode was because there was no discussion of that simulation stuff. And I think that's why it felt so coherent. Yeah, but it's, it's still def- definitely happening. Yes, that's true. It does feel like every time we get a setting shot, we're supposed to be assuming something, right? I mean, we're supposed to be, we're, we're supposed to, they're giving us the opportunity to read something. Heifetz mm-hmm. was, we'll, we'll deal with this on, on, on the tinfoil app, but, but Heifetz was talking before we started recording about the theory that there's, that Arnold has two, there's two different versions of Arnold's house. And we did see Arnold's house in this episode, right? When we saw, yeah, uh, Ciroc and, and Maeve theoretically physically walked there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's basically in season two, Arnold took Dolores there. We saw a flashback of Arnold, the real Arnold taking Dolores there. And then they walk the walk just to Arnold's house just looks much different than it does. Now, that could be because time passed. But there are also some people saying that some people are saying people on Reddit are saying that um, Arnold's house from season two. And as we've seen in the past and sometimes this season just looks different in certain shots mm-hmm. and that that might be the skeleton key to like deciding which ones are in which world which ones are in which reality yeah again i don't know which one is which but i think it's basically saying one is the real thing and one is rehoboam's best uh replication of the real thing and but there's going to be things off there because it's not perfect let's uh, obviously no one knows the answer to this well here let's start let's start with Maeve I think we can all assume that Maeve this is not the last time we'll see Maeve after getting gored by a katana blade by (laughs) no I think she's gone I don't think she's gone so is it is it feasible that only that only only mirror world Maeve died or vice versa um and 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 I guess we can relate that to William too I don't think we I don't think any of us think we're gonna we're seeing the last of him what what Heifetz suggested was maybe I mean, what if he exists only in the mirror world? Because now he's kind of come to grips with his, you know, he's he's going to be in this cage, but then he's, you know, his his he he can exist um, separately in the mirror world. And same thing with Maeve. Is that where we're going? No, I think the practical concern for William in Mirror World is that if he supposedly is, he asks the question if he's conscious, whatever. If he has free will now, he'll start acting differently than he would have in the mirror world, and Rehoboam might not be able to predict him. I think that's the practical implication for William. The practical implication for Maeve. I don't think we have to go super galaxy brand on this. It's Dolores or in Musashi, whatever we were going to call that going forward, reach down to cut her head open and take her control unit and do something with it. And then Ciroc's men were coming, so they left. So I think the very simple explanation we can draw is Ciroc probably has control of Maeve's control unit again and can just, you know, try this again. Yeah, I think he was basically using, in this episode, just using Maeve. Uh, I, I don't I don't want to go... As far as say that he's just running another simulation with her, but was sort of just seeing where she ended up because that's all he that's all he really needed to know. Why not send the army in with Maeve? 
Ugh, like, well, what is Maeve supposed to do that only Maeve can do? That is a great question. That's like the whole movie of 1917. That was my question all the time. <laughs> why are two guys fucking doing this? There's no one in the just just why they're like two guys are quicker. Okay, but like nothing. You can't send anyone else. I don't have yeah. an answer for you there, Danny. Anyway, let's move. Uh, <laughs> just two guys. Move on. Oh no. Let's move on from this multiple reality conversation uh, that we will continue to have to the awards for this week. Award number one. I think they're going to be pretty, pretty easy this week. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> gonna, I'm just gonna guess. Award number one for the biggest, most shocking, biggest or most shocking reveal. And now I finally understand what you were trying to tell me. Uh, can we all agree? It's five. Wait, how many Doloreses? Four Doloreses. Four. <laughs> Any anyone want to say anything besides there's four Doloreses? No. All right, that's what I thought. Award number two for best quote. Do you know now? Who you've been talking to? Uh, and the, I, I've joked repeatedly off the air that there is a fifth one, and it's clearly the president. Because if there's anything I've learned from science fiction <laughs> movies, it's that uh, it's that when you have people impersonating other people, one is always the president. So whenever we get introduced to that character, it's going to be fantastic. Award number two for best quote. Heifetz, do you have a suggestion? I, I mean, everything that Liam's friend said from she died of an overdose. Who the fuck even does that anymore? To all sex is commerce. If you don't know that, you're just being billed indirectly. Yeah. And then I have to ride for Connell's being like a gaggle of hookahs. Can we play that, Bobby? <laughs> the key to a happy life is to accept your place in it. And you're a lucky little man that gets to piss away his daddy's fortune on a gaggle of hookahs. Who quite honestly serve a greater utility to society than you. Yeah, so we can gaggle of Lucas. Uh, Andrew, do you, have, do you have any nominees? I know you, you weren't planning on it, but I'll, I'll I'll take the they use plumage to identify themselves. Oh, that, that that that's that a nice hurt. line. That phys- <laughs> I had to pause it. That physically pained me. Yeah, I enjoyed that, that whole scene. Uh, part of the reason that I watched this show is just to see cool futuristic stuff. So the scene where he's literally trying on suits by pressing a button was just catnip for me. I was like, I was very yeah. into it. All of the Del- Dolores' conversations with William in her various bodies, I think, are important. But the but the the, the winner of this week is uh, she died of an overdose. Who the fuck even does that anymore? Without a yeah, doubt. And award number definitely. three, <laughs> the most important award, the This Maze Was Not Meant For You Award for the Dumbest Human. Um, the mortician made some sus- suspect choices, but I think you can explain some of those away by her being kind of a functionary in a action movie. Uh, the Yakuza always functionaries in action movies. Um, Liam's friends, I think we're, we're pluses this week. I think the winner uh, and and uh, always reigning champion is Liam Dempsey Jr. Wrong. Anybody? Ha- Absolutely not. What? It's the guy who got shot <laughs> in the dick. It's the guy who put a gun to his dick and then Maeve shot his dick off. That's clearly oh, yeah. the winner. Also, dick yes. moved by Maeve. I was watching with my 11-year-old, and he was just like, oh, wait, did he just get shot in the nuts? <laughs> just like, yes, he did. That's exactly what happened. Um, all right. Dude, but yeah, like, that's, I'm glad that a show finally did that, where it's like, oh, yeah, don't keep your gun there. Yeah, I just thought Liam was like woefully unprepared for everything that happened in his life. Like every moment is like a bad surprise for him, which just it's seems weird like- that he got like he got pretty close to doing a smart thing when he was like, why would you be making these financial decisions right now? But then he just immediately got talked down. And he got by, shamed into it. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, like, so easy to work with Lucas, He's this. like, all right, good point. I'll do it. <laughs> no, but really, the guy who got shot in the dick is the dumbest human. I don't I, I like I feel like that's um, not that controversial. 
All right, guys, that's it. Uh, Andrew, thank you for sticking around this whole episode. We will be back here on, uh, what, Wednesday-ish for Tinfoil Tuesdays. Uh, it's your favorite uh, Tuesday-Wednesday tradition. Um, uh, anything else we need to touch on before we get out? Oh, if you want to email us with your theories, with your questions, with your uh, uh, fan art, uh, you can hit us up at Westworld at gmail.com. Until then, until next step, until uh, we figure all this stuff out, and we will figure it out with your help and uh, with the help of those around me. I'm going to figure this out. Until then, we'll see you next time, humanoid. 